This is where I came in. This is perfect. Testing. 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 One, two, three. Here I am. <laughs> Included. Oh, you mad. Oh, oh. You mad. You mad impulsive fool. Ridiculous. Ghostly. <laughs> so beautiful. Haunting. Alluvial fans. Over and over and over. Over and over again. It's like nothing in the world. Clogging. Aspects of dandiacal decadence. Slander. I do anything to get it back. Would you come with us, sir? Perform a world. Don't let dogs yawn. Perform a world. Crayolas. They're great. Totally. Oh. Totally. They don't play purple. Totally. Thrilled. Let's just do it. You have me. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Andy's Treasure Trove. Can you believe it? This is episode number nine. I'm stoked. Today, it's kind of an election eve episode. We're going to be going downtown and listening in as a couple hundred people form the Obama Megaphone Bank in a park in downtown San Francisco. We're going to listen to Arisha Hatch, who will tell us about her experience volunteering for the Obama campaign. We'll talk to Pamela Kukos, who is in charge of the Obama campaign here in the Bay Area. Then we'll hear someone from the stage giving instructions to everyone in the park who was using their cell phones to call into the system that dials voters in outlying states and allows them to be connected with these volunteers. Finally, we're going to hear a little bit of the calls themselves. We're going to eavesdrop on some of the callers calling out. Then Joanne Brazil will give her monthly report on the coming month, so she'll be telling us about what's happening in November. Not just the election, but some other things that are going to be happening in November, as seen through the prism of astrology. And then we're going to hear, since everyone loved the song last week by Janice Ian, we're going to play another one of the songs that she generously supplies on her website for free downloads. That's JaniceIan.com, by the way. And the song we're going to listen to is just a lovely song called Through the Years. So let's get started, and don't forget, vote on Tuesday. My name is Arisha Hatch. And what are we doing here today, Arisha? Today we're doing a megaphone bank rally for Barack Obama, and we're basically making thousands of calls to battleground states in order to help get him elected. Now, you've had a lot of experience making these calls. Yes, I have. I Well, not so much experience. I actually started in August, um, came in to phone bank at the Berkeley office. Um, and, you know, really that was the first time that I'd ever been involved in a campaign. This is my, you know, my first time really volunteering for anything. Um, um, so I came in and we were actually calling New, New Mexico rural voters that day um, and just, you know, started to have conversations with a lot of people. And what I found is that there are a lot of people that are really, even if they weren't Obama supporters, they're really interested and they're really um, 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 feel compelled to try to discuss um, a lot That's of their feelings about their things. Because I would imagine that there'd be a lot of hangups. 20% of people just hang up immediately. They don't want to talk to you. And then like another 30 to 40% like really want to engage you and are sort of, sort of like actively trying to debate with you. You know, people are really engaged in this election. That's what I first learned when I came in. Like they're, no matter what side, they're really engaged and interested in it. Well, I, uh, you were just talking a little bit while ago about uh, someone you were speaking to on the phone mm-hmm. who had worked on John F. Kennedy's campaign. Right. That sounded interesting. Yeah, right. Um, it was a, I think it was a New Mexico voter that I was speaking to, and um, he was an older gentleman. Um, and he's now very, very conservative, um, or he was at the time that I was speaking to him. And, you know, just basically reciting a lot of things that you hear on, you know, Bill O'Reilly or Sean Hannity, straight out of sort of like conservative talk radio, you know, all the, all the smears, all the, all the normal allegations that everybody's heard that's floating around. And, you know, he, you know, he was talking about whether or not Barack Obama was a Muslim, whether or not he was a terrorist tied with Bill Ayers, you know, just throwing out a lot of stuff. And then, so I was sort of trying to, I was talking to him, I was engaging him, I was trying to fight the smears as a caller and try to dispel some of the myths, um, you know, while always being polite. I think it's important to be polite. Um, 
Um, and eventually he sort of opened up and said, well, you know, I campaigned for JFK. And I said, that just shocked me. You know, I didn't understand how you got from, you know, campaigning for JFK to like, you know, the things that he was saying now. Um, and he says, you know, yeah, when you're young, you're, when you're young, you're dumb, but when you, when you get older, you start voting with your head. And I sort of said to him, um, you know, I was dumb in 2000 when I thought that, you know, it wouldn't, it didn't matter who won. I was dumb in 2004 when I thought only my vote, it it only mattered that I voted. I I didn't have to go out and actively campaign or volunteer. Like I see the light now. Like I know that it's more than just about your vote. Um, And I was just sort of telling him that, you know, the reasons why I'm volunteering for Barack Obama, I think that he can store America's, restore America's image abroad. I think that, and I told him, and he sort of chuckled, I told him, um, you know, if he can motivate me to get out of my bed and come down and talk to people like you all day, then I think that he can motivate a lot of people to do a lot of things that we need to get done. And he sort of said, well, you know, that's something to think about. And you know, at least it's it, what I. And he also said to me, "It's promising to hear that there are young people out there like like you that are working so hard." And I was just really overwhelmed by the conversation. It was like one of like my first days calling, and you know, I I went to law school, and so I'm a lawyer by training, and I was just so frustrated. Like, why couldn't I get him to convince him that Barack Obama was the guy? And I sort of like walked in into the bathroom and just sort of started crying, and um, but. Um, walked away feeling like at least good about what I was doing and ever since then you know it's just been every day (laughs) every day since I've had that discussion with that man it's been every day that one stands out in my mind as like you know the one that made me decide that I was going to come back the next day and make more phone calls the next day Um, so that was really a definitive phone call for me and sort of since then I've been moved up to regional field organizer and so I'm making less I'm on the phones less um, but I'm now running the phone banks a little bit so um, it's been quite a trip. (laughs) Well, and it seems like a short ways to go, but I'm sure every day is going to be filled with drama and anxiety and wondering if some strange thing is going to happen that's Mm -hmm. going to throw the election and wondering if the election is even certifiably valid. What do you think about that whole controversy? Um, I think in terms of voter suppression, voter fraud, or just, um, I think that there is, you know... And the the whole Diebold... Yeah, I think that, you know, what the thing that we talk about, and then one of the things that um, Senator Obama talked about on a conference call with us, with with the regional staffs, was, you know, nothing is guaranteed, nothing is inevitable. We were actually having this conference call on date with 18 days left, and um, they sort of started talking about, um, you know, what can happen in 18 days. And he was like, you know... Um, I, I had won Iowa, and 18 days later I had lost New Hampshire, and everybody was talking about how I wasn't going to be the Democratic no- nominee. So, like, a lot of things can happen in 18 days, and we're just going to keep our heads down, and we're going to keep working hard. We feel like um, the Democratic base is more energized than it's ever been, um, and the Republican base is also becoming energized. But if we just double that energy and just keep keep working hard, we think that we, we, think that we can pull it out. I'm hoping. I'm hopeful that we can pull it out. And um, I just... I can't imagine Barack Obama not being president on November 4th. Like, it's not even in my head. I'm just envisioning, keeping my eye on the prize. So... Well, I've been talking to friends, and, you know, almost every election there are friends who say, if so-and-so wins, I'm leaving the country. Mm -hmm. And this year, this election, I've heard the same people say, boy, if McCain wins, I'm really, I'm really this time going to leave the country. (laughs) And who knows how many will. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing how much how polarized people are. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things that I like about Barack Obama is that I think that he is really about unity. I think that he has, he has um, fought off the temptation to sort of go back to those polarizing um, sort of 
same discussions that we've been having. Like he's, we're trying to move beyond that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, you know, I think that he's built sort of an infrastructure and. and with, throughout the country through this movement where, you know, it's even if he doesn't win, like, we're here, we know that we want change, and we're, we're ready, we're organized and ready to be mobilized to get that change to happen. So, like, you know, I love the whole, I love that he was a community organizer. You know, I love that, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm thinking about being a community organizer. And, like, and I think a lot of people are starting to think like that. Like, oh, I can be, you know, an active participant of change in my local community. And if we have that, you know, it's not just about the election, it's about doing the things to move this country forward that need to happen and so um i'm still i'm still hopeful still hopeful you know and i'm not leaving <laughs> well i love your thoughts about the big picture mm-hmm. and even if god forbid the worst scenario happens there's still some positive that has come out of this campaign mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because i never would have expected it you know i was actually like a hillary supporter all the way up until before um the february 5th uh vote in california um and you know it was really sort of like iowa started to change my mind and, you know the way that he reacted in new hampshire and i was just like wait i'm gonna stop and listen i'm gonna stop and listen to what this guy is saying um because i just never you know I grew up with parent, you know, I, w- I remember debating with my dad after I decided I was going to vote for Barack Obama and, and he was still a Hillary supporter. And, you know, we, we like the Clintons because, you know, the 90s were great for us. And um, um, I was debating with my dad, like, about why Barack Obama and not Hillary Clinton. And we ended the conversation and he said to me, you know, Orisha, what it comes down to, I don't have any other reason. What it comes down to is I just never thought, expected to see a black man elected to the presidency in my lifetime. And I just thought that that was so you know, sad for him to, to grow up with that feeling, you know, and he's been a successful person. Um, but to like grow up living and sort of knowing, feeling that. Um, and so I, I understand the sort of, um, um, resistance or what have you to the idea that this person can actually be president. But for me, that made me want to want to work that much harder for him. Cause you know, my dad is like the best person, the smartest person I know. And if he can have if he can walk away with a different perspective about this country, I think that that's um, amazing. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's been the time of my life. I think that this campaign and this movement have changed the trajectory of my life. Um, um, and I'm just so proud to be here working with so many of these great people. I'm Pamela Kukas. I'm the regional field director for the Obama campaign for the Bay Area. Uh-huh. Have you gotten any sleep over the last couple of weeks? Uh, it's funny you ask that, because uh, last night was about two hours getting ready for this event here today. Well, you look, it's all worth it. You look fresh as a daisy. Um, <laughs> tell me one of the most compelling things that you've experienced in the last couple of days as we head in this final lap to victory. Uh, the most compelling thing for me is uh, that I have hundreds of volunteers working just as hard as I am right now because everybody knows that we have to win this election. Everybody knows what's at stake. This is about uh, fixing our broken economy. This is about healing our planet. This is about uh, dealing with our situation abroad. And it's time for us to step up and own our government. And I see people who have never gotten engaged in politics, who have put everything aside to work on their own time and their own dime, whatever it takes to win. You know, this is the field campaign. And what we're about is talking directly to voters. And it doesn't matter what's going on out there. What matters is reaching as many people one-on-one personally as possible. That is the signature aspect of this campaign. That's why we were successful in the primaries. That's why we can be successful right now. And we have the best, largest, strongest field organization ever put together. And we are going to talk to so many voters and do so much uh, tough groundwork 
that no matter what happens, we're going to be able to do this. And what is everybody doing here today on this spot? Uh, absolutely. We are running a phone bank right here from Yerba Buena Gardens. Uh, everybody's here with their cell phones. We're about to put them on the phones. Uh, we're walking them through the script right now. They're going to call voters. They're going to talk to them about voting early. Mm. Talk about, you know, people can vote today. November 4th has already started, and it will be November 4th every day for 10 days. We want people to get out and vote now. What is the main bit of advice you'd give to someone who's going to call a stranger in another state and talk to them about the campaign? Uh, it's always to remember why this is important to you. People ask me all the time, give me a good logical argument. Help me explain uh, details of health policy. But reaching voters is about connecting with them, understanding that we have something in common, that, you know, we're talking to folks today in, you know, red states, and we all share the same values. We all think that this country is on the wrong track. We think it's time to take it back. And we think that we can do better for people, that, you know, as Barack Obama has said many times, that we understand for everybody, I am my brother's keeper. This is not about me or what I can get for myself, but about being there for each other. When you are finished with your call, you've gone through your scripts, you have an Obama supporter, so that's a number one. You, they are going to not vote by mail, so that's a number three and they want to be connected to find their local polling place, that's a number nine. You're gonna say, could you hold the line please while I connect you to your local polling place? They'll say, sure, thank you. At that point, where number eight is on your page, you're going to press star. Star is how you will be ending your calls. You will then enter in the code for one, Barack Obama supporter, three, not voting by mail, and nine to patch them through to the office. At that point, your call is complete. You will wait on the line and hear another tone, at which point you get to start with a brand new person. Can I get, a, can I get, get some excitement? Come on, folks. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right, so remember, one, supporting Obama, two, leading Obama, three, undecided, four, lead, leading McCain, and five, leading McCain. If you left a message, you will be punching star six. If they're not home, you'll be punching what, folks? Star seven, thank you. Refused. Refused is someone who is not going to tell you for whom they're voting. All right? That is the only thing that refused is. That is star eight. Spanish speaking, star nine. If you get someone and they say, oh, I'm not registered to vote, you're going to say, is there someone in the household that is registered to vote to whom I may speak? At which point they'll say, yes, hold on. Or they'll say, no, she's not home. At which point you will put in what? Star seven. That's right. Okay. We're going to try it. We're going to make it work. Let's fire it up. All right. If you have any questions, please see your phone bank captain of your state team. Thank you. Okay, guys, we're going to start making calls. I want to see how many calls you can make. And then I want you to not just get on the phones, but think about getting on the road. It is not too late 
to go do get out the work, vote work in a key battleground state. We have a whole team of people here today to tell you how to do that, how to get there, and what you could do. My volunteers here in the Bay Area are some of the best organizers anywhere. And you can help out another campaign uh, in a very important way. So our travel folks, uh, can you wave over there, guys? There we go, waving the sign right over there. Okay, so, ready. Let's get on the phone. Let's get out the vote. Hi, my name is Meredith and I'm a volunteer with Obama for America. How are you today? Hi, good afternoon. My name is David and I'm a volunteer. My name is Meredith and I'm a volunteer with Obama for America. I was wondering if you were planning on supporting... Sure. Hi, good afternoon. My name is David and I'm a volunteer with the Barack Obama campaign. How are you today? Hi, my name is Meredith and I'm a volunteer with Obama for America. How are you today? Hi, good afternoon. My name is David and I'm a volunteer... Well, Andy, November starts out in secret Scorpio. And the election coming up is going to bring out secrets. Joe Biden's horoscope is loaded with secrets, and he has the capacity to be a great detective. I'm not quite sure what Joe Biden's influence is going to be on the election, but Andy, it's just amazing that he has so many Scorpio planets, and Mars is going to be crossing all of them. Mars is action as well as motivation. He's going to be on fire. He's, his influence is going to be very strong, but Scorpio likes to stay sometimes behind the scenes and even invisible, and we might not even feel it. But Joe Biden's going to really come into his own. Another thing about, okay, we start out in secret, sexy Scorpio, and Mars is in Scorpio. So there's a, a strong Scorpio energy during the election during the time of the election. Before the election, the moon goes into Capricorn. The moon is what we need. It's what we're open to. It's not what we have, but we what we reflect from other sources of energy, just like the moon doesn't have its own energy. It needs the sun. So the moon before the election is going to be in Capricorn, and it's kind of a, a business. Capricorn is a business sign, and it's a business-like sign. And when the moon goes there, it means that we have the feeling of that we need to be very businesslike and that we're able to be emotionally very businesslike. And people who tend to be good at that might even be rather cold-blooded about their emotions during the election. So it's a combination of like very strong forces motivating people to do exactly what they want to do. Scorpio is life, it's a feeling of life and death. There's a feeling of urgency. You want to have sex with somebody and you want to do it now. You want your candidate to win and you want them now. So there's that strong, urgent kind of drive, Scorpio drive. But there's also then this cold, aloof, business-like Capricorn moon. And Sarah Palin and John McCain both have a Capricorn moon. They're not going to fall into the Scorpio emotional intensity that's going to be going on. They're going to be detached and watch the business. John McCain has is 50-50. He's got things against him, and he's got things for him. Barack Obama, it's the same thing. 
he's got things for him and against him. For a Leo, the election is at a very bad time. However, (laughs) the saving grace here for Barack Obama is that Venus, the happy, loving planet, goes into Sagittarius. Sagittarius is called a fire sign, and Leo is very happy with it. One thing that's very unfortunate, right after the election, Mercury goes into Scorpio, and it understands things on a deep level. Mercury's been trying to think nice, think pretty, think balanced, think well of people. As soon as the election happens, people start thinking of all the things under the surface that they haven't thought about after the election. And when we get to closer to the end of November, the sun goes into Sagittarius, Mercury goes into Sagittarius, Mars goes into Sagittarius, and everybody's off and running. But where? We don't... (laughs) When we get to... I'm. I'm very interested in finally getting into January when we're able to do that. And a lot of people are going to be feeling like that because finally, at the end of January, we start working on cleaning up the whole banking system. So throughout September, October, November, December, we're very caught up in the news of the day and our personal feelings. Who do we like? Who's the candidate we like? With some very important things that need to be taken care of and will take years and years to be taken care of, and that's going to be related to Pluto going into Capricorn, the business sign, and it's not until the end of the year. So what, whatever happens during the election, people need to, to think more seriously and deeper, and there's going to be a tendency at the end of November to try to go out and have a nice time, take a trip, go visit your relatives or your friends for Thanksgiving, and there's this, this kind of cold, wet blanket waiting for all of us after New Year's. (laughs) So it's, I I guess November is, I see it like as a weird kind of carnival time. And whoever is going to be, whoever wins the presidency is really in for a lot of hard work for a long time. And it will turn out to be less fun than anyone thought. That's my sad take on it, my very sad take on it. And so whoever wins, I'm I'm not sure if that person is going to be lucky or not. Also, astrologically, the right around the election, the two planets that rule the past and the future, Saturn and Uranus, are exactly opposite. It's a turning point going into the future and away from the past or going more into the past and away from wherever we thought the future was. And it, it's a total balance. So I would say that if John McCain wins, it's because of Sarah Palin. She has that Aquarian kind of futurism to her, but so does Barack Obama. There, there are too many similarities, and all parties have too many problems to, to really make any one person clearly the winner to me. It's too close to call. Just to be alive tonight Awake in your arms The world and its charms Lit up by candlelight It's a miracle, the feeling To love despite the fear 
So please don't forget I've had no regrets Since you found me here Cause through the years We've been happy Through the years We've been sad And sometimes Feeling lucky Was the only luck we had But I would not trade The laughter or the tears Through the years It's a never-ending wonder That other arms are cold When every night I'm warmed by the light Of your spinthrift soul It's shining like a beacon Lit up against the dark What do people do When they don't have you alive in their hearts Cause through the years we've been happy Through the years we've been sad And sometimes feeling lucky Was the only luck we had Rights Reserved, Andy Moore, Treasure Trove Productions.